It was several years ago uh, in a previous church that I went to work one morning, and I was approached by our youth minister. He caught me. I first came in. He said, Randy, can you t- talk a minute? And I'm like, sure. He said, are you doing okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm doing great. Doing good. What's up? He goes, uh, well, you know, somebody told me that you and Lori were separating. I said, I don't, I don't think that's true. I just left her a couple minutes ago. I think she would have mentioned that, you know, we got four kids at home. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. There's not really anything going on in our lives anyway. But he began to tell me that there was the word going out in our small community that we were basically the talk of the town. And, uh, you know, nobody likes to be talked about, right? So I'm like, where did this come from? So I began tracing the rumor backwards, and I discovered that, that everyone to a person who I asked who knew this or repeated this, everyone told me who told them. Now, I, I learned something in that process that there is no honor among gossips. <laughs> if you're a gossip, you just want to get it off you. You just want to blame the person that told you. And so people were very quick to admit who they heard it from. And so I went home almost immediately. I told Lori, so before she heard it, and it was been news to her, And to be honest with you, I was kind of stunned as to who had been a part of this, who had passed this rumor along, obviously, for several days. But I went backwards, and I began to trace that rumor to its uh, start, its beginning. And I I was surprised who had done that. I mean, there were people in the church I served. My, My secretary, who was next door to me, had heard it. There were leaders in our church that had heard it. Some of them had told them. There were preachers in neighboring churches who had heard it. There were leaders in other churches. There were people that I thought were my friends. There were people who I didn't even know had passed this along. And I got to be honest with you, I was ticked. And I had no mercy on them. So I just called them up on the phone, or I confronted them person to person. And I said, look, you know, somebody told me you told them this. Yes, well, so-and-so told me. I mean, they they always gave each other up, and I, I shamed them. I called them out. I demanded who told them, tracing this backward, until I found the source of the rumor. And you think you can't find a source, but when you're as determined as I was that day, it, it came up pretty quickly. It didn't take long. And, and actually, Lori was ticked off as well. And so we got to the point where we were taking turns. It was like, let me call them. No, I want to call them. You know, and so, uh, so we, we just traced this all the way back and discovered that it had been started by a man in our community who had come to our church visiting, and uh, it's a kind of a long story in itself, but he had done harm to several other churches. And when he came and asked me if he was welcome at our church, I said, everybody's welcome, but if you start pulling the sort of thing you pull other places, you're not going to be welcome in our church. And he was the one who started that rumor about Lori and I. You know, uh, we, we found humor in the process about halfway through but it really hurt, and i got to be t- honest and tell you, it changed the way that we viewed some people. Well, today we're going to be talking about, in our Untouchable series, we're going to talk about gossip. Now, gossip is not one of those scandalous things that, like we talked about before. We talked about abortion. We talked about racism. We talked about homosexuality. We talked about politics and, and some other things. It doesn't seem like gossip is that big an issue, right? But I want to tell you, gossip can be devastating to people. And why is it untouchable? Because sometimes, even though it's damaging, it's an acceptable sin. It's acceptable because we all do it. Because we all do it to some extent, don't we? You know, several years ago, someone identified seven deadly sins. Probably heard of them. Pride, anger, envy, 
lust, indifference, greed, and gluttony. But I would say that the eighth deadly sin is gossip. Now, when you think about all the sins of the tongue, think about how many sins the tongue causes. Profanity, insults, lying, negativity, complaining, and criticism, all of them are harmful. But gossip probably has destroyed more people, tarnished more reputations, divided more churches, broken more friendships than any other sin I'm aware of. Gossip is quickly heard, it is quickly told, and unfortunately, it's more quickly spread. Someone told me that gossip is the devil's radio station. Make sure you're not a DJ on it. You know what? I like that pretty well. Because that's how Satan communicates with people, right? And while gossip can be traced back to its source, you might find where it began. You can never, ever repair the damage it does. And we cannot recoup that because it's done. I heard many years ago, and this would go back into the days of... Uh, small villages, but a, but a woman was a gossip. She had done some damage. She, she went to her priest, I believe, and she asked him, you know, she confessed, said, what do I do? And he said, well, I want you to go and take a feather pillow, and I want you to bust it in the middle of the village, and I want you to spread feathers all over the town. And she came back, and she said, I did that. What do I do now? He said, now go back and gather all the feathers up. And it was impossible. And that is how gossip is. It's impossible to regather. We just can't know how far the word has blown. You know, in the past, people gossiped over the fence like neighbors. Uh, people used to use the party telephone lines or talk over the phone. People read tabloids or gossip rags. Remember those in the, the, the checkout line? But social media really has opened up a whole new game with the potential to spread rumors until, uh, until damage is done and sharing gossip across, literally across the world. In fact, we have today what's called the cancel culture, which is not that you just criticize someone or talk about them, but you call them out publicly and you try to ruin their life. You try to cancel them. That's why it's called such. We try to just shut them down. And the reality is the goal, I think, and the power of gossip. So it's no wonder that the Bible strongly condemns gossip, if you ever wonder if it was wrong or not. In fact, the New Testament word for a gossip is literally a whisperer. A person who whispers behind your back with the intention of hurting or destroying you. Now, most of us would not want to admit that we are gossipers. We really aren't. But I've been around a while, and I know me, and I know most of us, and if we're honest about it, we know that much of our conversation centers about other people and could definitely be considered to be gossip. Gossip's idle talk about the personal lives of people, and it can be true or untrue. Gossip isn't just a lie. It can definitely be true about people, but maybe things that shouldn't be shared or that can be damaging. And let me tell you this. Someone told me this a long time ago. It's true that Christians oftentimes couch their gossip in the concept of prayer concerns. Isn't it a wonderful way to share those things that we can pray for someone? It could be a need for prayer for sure, but a lot of true things in need of prayer don't necessarily need to be talked about. Now, how does God look at gossip? Well, God places gossip in the same category as a lot of other grievous sins. Romans chapter 1 says this, Furthermore, just as they did not think it was worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they do what ought not to be done. They become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, 
gossip, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, anger, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Even though they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. Now, you've probably heard that before, but my point is, do you see where gossip is put into that mix of people who have depraved minds, who are full of envy, murder, strife, God-haters, no love, no mercy? Right in the middle of that is gossips. So it's pretty real that God has a very dim view of those who gossip. In fact, gossip is just one of the sins that comes when a person hardens their heart against God. Now, where does, where does gossip come from? Well, James chapter 1 says this, the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts a whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. You know what? The temptation of gossip, I think, is just one of Satan's fiery arrows, the Bible talks about, that he shoots at us and entices us to shoot at other people. Because the reality is, like all of these untouchables we talked about, Satan is the source of all these sins. He is the one who's behind all the gossip. We can just imagine him whispering behind God's back. We, we can imagine him. The Bible says he is a liar and the father of liars. So we imagine him ima uh, creating uh, falsehoods or exploiting weaknesses or whatever it may be to damage someone's life. He's behind all of it, either directly or indirectly. And whenever we listen to gossip, we give the devil a foothold in our lives. And whenever we share gossip, we are speaking for or as Satan wants us to speak. And you know what? While the words may come out of our mouth, the reality is the motive for our gossip comes from much deeper. It comes from the heart. In Luke chapter 6, it says this, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil thing out of the evil stored up in his heart, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Isn't that a revealing verse? It's not just what we're thinking. It's what's in our heart. It's deep inside of us. That's what's actually pouring out in the words that we share. So gossip reveals that our heart is full of things like envy and hatred and resentment and criticism, or maybe just a desire to be the first one to tell certain news about somebody else, kind of a way of self-promotion. Now, as Christians, our conscience should kind of, you know, make us uncomfortable whenever we gossip. And I want to tell you, I think that's a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit that we all need. And there are times for sure when I have left a conversation or at the end of the day, look back on a conversation and thought, you know what? I don't feel good about my involvement in that. My either beginning the conversation or participating in the conversation. At some point, I should have dropped the conversation or not been a part of it. Now, the Bible warns us that Certain things make gossip more likely. One of those things is idleness. In 1 Timothy chapter uh, 5, it says, besides, they get into the habit of being idle and going about from house to house, and not only do they, do, do they become idlers, but also busybodies who talk nonsense, saying things they ought not to say. That kind of describes gossip pretty well. And if you look at the context of that, he's talking about women. But... I don't think women have anything on men when it comes to gossip. They ain't preach, all right? Because I'm telling you, guys, we talk about things as bad as women, so let's not try to pin this, you know, on a woman somewhere. It's all of us. 
People with too much time on their hands, not doing good, not being faithful, oftentimes become gossips and busybodies. And you know what? It's a sign, I think, of an undisciplined heart and an undisciplined tongue, one that can't control the need to talk about other people. Now, the results of gossip can be devastating, you know, both to the person who gossips and to the victim of gossip. We all know the pain about having somebody talk about us, right? We've all, it always gets back. You know, the Bible says that no sin is really hidden. It always comes back. And most of the time, it comes back to us one way or the other. And we know how painful that really is, particularly if the person was a trusted friend that you've confided in. In Proverbs chapter 16, it says, a perverse man steers up dissension and a gossip separates close friends. And that really is true, isn't it? I once had a friend tell a hurtful lie about me to others, and, uh, and it began to spread. You know, it, it sounded like I'm the, I get talked about a lot. You know, I figure if they're talking about me, they're giving somebody else a break, all right? Uh, but, but anyway, he, he, he told a lie about me to other people. And you know what? We tried to get past it. We really did because we were pretty close friends. But I have to admit that I really haven't felt the same thing about him anymore uh, since then. And that's hard to do, isn't it? It's hard to get back. It's not that you hate. It's not that you haven't forgiven. It's just that betrayal can really be painful. Gossip can ruin a friendship that took years to build. It can destroy a family, can tear a family unit apart, or neighbors, or community. It can do great harm to churches. I mean, who among us haven't been hurt by having another believer hurt us with words that got back to us? Here's what Proverbs chapter 6 says, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to Him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Do you see how many of those things gossip touches? How many of those things that God hates? Because while we might think it's harmless, it is devastating, and it breaks the heart of God for him to see that. Earlier I read from Romans chapter 1, and uh, it talks about how gossip is part of the rippling effect of us getting further and further from God. As we disobey His word and we're less sensitive to His leading, gossip becomes more of a part of a way of life, hurting other people and also betraying ourselves spiritually. Betraying ourselves spiritually. I think there's a big part of that we don't think about. We might consider how it might hurt the other person, but, but do we really realize how it hurts us personally as we betray the trust? that we ought to have in God and, and, and love for one another. But you know what? There are practical results as well in that. In the workplace, gossip can be damaging. Uh, it threatens your reputation and your ability to work with other people. It brands you as a negative person. You appear toxic and poison the workplace atmosphere of the environment around you. And people know that. And after a while, people begin to avoid you because guess what? If you talk about others you talk about them too. And they know that. And after a while, people kind of get your number now. And a gossip doesn't care if what they say is true or not. Tell a lie, spread something false, it comes out. And you look like an idiot because uh, you told something that definitely wasn't true and you hurt a lot of people. Be the one that talks to everybody about everybody else and soon nobody will trust you with confidential information. That's the practical side of that. But also, on another level, gossip leaves a trail of injured people. 
damaged or broken relationships, spiritual damage, because all of our actions, all of our sin ultimately separates us from intimate fellowship with God. And I believe that gossip is no different from that. God holds us accountable for our careless words. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Most of us would like to think we're trying to do and be pretty good, but then we think we have to give an account for every word that we have ever spoken. And I think those verses are just really sobering, that every wrong word, every gossipy word that we've ever spoke, every curse word, every word we've said in anger, but also for every empty word of gossip. Now, you know, this is so practical, and we've got a testimony that we want to share. I love these testimonies uh, because when, when people share, some of the things that we've had shared are so raw. I mean, they're, they're so honest and People who share a testimony make themselves vulnerable. That I just admire that so much. And we, we've got one I'm going to just plug in right here, right now, of a young man uh, that we all know and, and love. In fact, he leads us in worship a lot. But he's going to talk about some decisions he made that, that he struggled with, but also how it was made worse by gossip. Let's take a moment and watch this. Hey, Jackson, thank you so much for coming out and talking to me. Absolutely. Uh, I'm really excited to hear your testimony. For those people who maybe don't know you as well, who maybe see you around doing worship, can you tell us how you came to Journey Church and how your involvement has moved you closer to Jesus? Sure. Um, I joined Journey around uh, middle school, and this was around Christmas as well. Um, and about a year after that, I ended up joining the youth worship band um, and learned a lot of new things, met a lot of new people, and I ended up moving downstairs uh, to play, and that's been an incredible experience so far. So that's awesome. So glad to hear that. Um, excited to see you grow in your faith, watching you start in the youth band, and then being able to see you partake in the adult team, watching your faith grow has been awesome. But um, I, I also know that one of the things I share with people is, you know, when you start stepping out and serving God and making a difference for Jesus, you can expect opposition from, from Satan as well. And you experienced some of that opposition in the crisis of faith that you had. Can you tell me uh, what happened earlier this year? Yeah. Um, so earlier this year, I had a lot of questions, and I started to question um, religion, and I started to denounce Christianity publicly. Um, and how did that happen? So publicly, it happened through this boiling point of having all these questions not being resolved. And this boiling point for me was I ended up writing this very anti-Christian article for my student paper. Um, and yeah, that was that was that point of the point publicly for me. Yeah. Wow. And you said publicly. Yeah. Um, because it was an article, obviously. Right. You uh, also experienced some people talking about that. Yeah. As well, too, didn't you? Yeah. Um, I would say personally, for the way that that's affected me, uh, moving forward back into faith, is at the start the the gossip, the the people discussing those things uh, behind my back, if you will. That seems kind of harsh, <laughs> uh, but you know, that didn't help me starting out because it kind of fueled that anger towards religion. Now, obviously, we're still talking. Yeah. You know, I mean, you you came out of that. So, so how did you overcome your crisis of faith? Those doubts that had arisen. So, obviously, from the start, um, it wasn't the biggest of help. But as I started to move forward and I started to use the doubt that I had to start questioning. Uh, 
you know, anti-religion sentiments, if you will, I started to realize that all these things, just, they didn't add up the way that Christianity had. Mm -hmm. um, the moral systems that exist just far outweighed everything else. It didn't. It didn't not make sense. It made so much sense, right? Um, and through doing that, I, I also relearned grace. Mm. Um, and the funny part is, the gossip that didn't help me at the start helped me at the end because I learned how to extend that grace to people who were gossiping. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. And um, we're so excited to see you uh, re-engaging with your faith in steps in that way. And uh, you know, I'm excited to see what God has for you. Uh, but do you have any advice, maybe, for those people who were struggling in their faith, who did experience doubt, or maybe mm -hmm. were are in your shoes, or were in your shoes when you experienced that and wrote that article? Absolutely. I, w I would say for somebody who has uh, or, or is going through the experience that I went through, um, if you have questions, feel free to ask them. You know and ask them to somebody who you trust and somebody who wants to have that conversation with because mm -hmm. there are tons of people who want to do that and they care about you and I think that that's a big thing is uh, asking your questions mm -hmm. for sure. And any encouragement for maybe somebody who has a friend who's experiencing doubt and is unsure about their faith? If you have a friend that's going through that, I would say that as a friend, as a good Christian friend, you should be there and, and support them and, and help them answer those questions too. Um, and I think that's that's super important, um, and that's a big part of I think faith is is challenging those things head on. So absolutely. Well, we're so glad to see you uh, moving past this. Um, you know, doubt I think is something that all of us struggle with mm -hmm. at some level in our lives, and uh, I'm just really glad to see uh, you on the other side of that and growing in your faith. Thanks for taking the time to talk with me, Jackson. Absolutely. Appreciate it, man. No see you around. You know, it's, um, we all struggle with, with different things, and a lot of times the, the things we do in life, we don't make the best choices, and uh, Jackson acknowledged that, uh, but sometimes what gossip does, it exploits our own weaknesses and our struggles in life, and I want to tell you, I, I respect a college guy who, who would make a, do a, share a testimony like that about his own journey and faith, and we could probably all learn a little bit from that. So, how do we deal with gossip in a Christ-like way? Let me give you some, some things to do, some bullets real quick here. First of all, make an intentional decision that you're not going to gossip. Make a decision to, to not gossip. Think before you speak. You know, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. If we could practice that, then only what I'm going to say is going to benefit or edify or build somebody up. You know, the old uh, uh, character in the Old Testament, Job, said, I made a covenant with my eyes that I will uh, not look lustfully at a woman. You know, that's a, that's a great thing to do, isn't it? To be able to make a covenant. Maybe we ought to make a covenant with our lips that we're not going to talk about anybody negatively. Secondly, don't listen to other people when they gossip. Don't listen to other people. Gossip requires an audience. It does. People don't normally talk to themselves. But if somebody starts to tell you something that sounds like gossip, say, you know what? I don't really feel comfortable talking about this person when they're not here to defend themselves. I think I'd rather talk about something else. That's a great, 
way to divert the conversation. You're going to break the gossip chain, but you're also going to gain the trust of this person because they know that if you won't talk and listen to other people's uh, issues, they won't talk and listen to their issue as well. Thirdly, don't judge people based on gossip. Don't judge people based on gossip. It's sad that we can develop an opinion about somebody without ever having met them based on what other people say about them. Nobody wants to be judged that way. I certainly don't. People meet me and then can judge whatever they want, but don't judge people based on gossip. Fourthly, overlook an offense. Overlook an offense. Many times we gossip about other people to make them look bad because they've hurt us in some way or to get even with them. Proverbs chapter 17 says, whoever would foster love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Overlooking an offense is an act of love. I think it's a sign of Christian maturity. Most of us can't get past our hurts, but don't be so easily offended. Forgive people. Move forward over that issue. Churches are a family, and in the church, family members are going to say things to hurt each other and about each other. It doesn't make it okay, but let's get past that. Be quick to forgive. And then fifthly, confront gossipers. You know, this might be the best way to deal with somebody who constantly gossips about somebody else who has hurt you personally. And Jesus gave a model for that. In Matthew chapter 18, there's a biblical model about how do you confront someone if if they've done something to you. And basically, it's to speak that person first and uh, one-on-one, talk to them. If that doesn't work, then take the, the issue before a couple or so of spiritually mature Christians to deal with the issue. And I will tell you, uh, the friend that I mentioned earlier uh, who had hurt me, had accused me of mismanaging money. And, uh, and that's something that I, I don't do, and I don't allow people to talk about that about me. And so uh, uh, after a conversation with him that didn't go anywhere, uh, he and I went before the elders and I shared my concern. He shared his words, and the elders said, knock it off. Don't do that anymore. Why? Because it was damaging to me and damaging to our church. And was it comfortable? No. Do I like doing that? No. I don't ever want to do that. But the reality is confrontation might be the best thing that you can do for a person. You might turn them from their ways if you deal with the issue because you're foursome to, to, to face it head on. You know, I don't know about you, but I needed this message. I really did. And maybe that's why I preach it. You know, some things just come from your heart. Some things you need to be reminded of, things you know. Some things you realize that you gloss over and you excuse yourself. And I don't want us to beat ourselves up because like all sin, gossip is forgivable. It's damaging, but we can move forward. And, uh, you know, some, th- this is something that I know that I need to improve on. I don't want to admit it. I don't want to talk about it. But I want God to forgive me of it. And I want you to forgive me of it if I hurt you in some way. I don't want my words to injure people. I don't want my words to discourage people who hear me. I don't want to tear anybody down. I don't want to be standing before God and have to give an account for some words that I said that were either erroneous or just plain hurtful to people. My goal is to build people up and to point them toward Jesus Christ. I want to make people feel better about themselves. I want people, uh, I want to speak the best about them. And I want every word that I say to bring glory to God and honor Him. You know, in fact, I think it's, uh, David says best in the, the Bible in Psalms chapter 1, O Lord, excuse me, 141, O Lord, set a guard over my mouth, keep watch over the door of my lips. 
Wouldn't that be a great thing for us to say, God, just put a watch over my mouth because I need a guard. I need a lock on it sometime to shut it down so I don't say the things that pop into my head I shouldn't be thinking anyway. And so, guys, I want this to be an encouragement to us, not to be a challenge. Sometimes we just have to be challenged with the reality of life and our sin and our struggles. But hopefully from this day forward, we learn these lessons before it comes back to haunt us in a really damaging way. This might be one of the most practical things that we can take away from us today. So I'm going to have a prayer for us all. I'm going to have a prayer of forgiveness for our words and a prayer also of guarding, that God would guard our hearts and God would give us wisdom for what we say. So would you bow with me? Heavenly Father, we just come this morning, and uh, I don't know, maybe I'm the only one here today that this message has really uh, confronted. But Lord, I pray that for all of us who know that we oftentimes speak words that, while they may be true, can be hurtful to others. And Lord, this is one thing that we don't talk a lot about because it seems almost acceptable, a common practice in in this crazy world that we're living in. But Lord, we come collectively and ask for your forgiveness for the words we say that have hurt. God, we pray that we would be able to forgive other people for what they may have said about us and that we could heal and restore the friendship, the relationship. God, I pray that our words are always encouraging and building other people up. I pray that we never speak anything except that which might point people to you and bring glory to your name. And God, that instead of our idle words, we might speak words of encouragement. We might speak words that point people and move people on a simple journey toward Jesus Christ. What a better use of the words, the breath, and the time that we have on this earth, Lord. So God, I pray all these things in the name of Jesus For your help, your power, God, put a guard on our lips, guard our hearts and our minds, that we would glorify you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.